0: Hello and welcome to Radius Coffee Talk. I'm your host, Liam O'Brien, community organizer here at Radius Cowork. Coffee Talk is a short-form podcast where I interview Radius members and share their stories, insights, and experiences. We hope that this podcast can help you learn a little bit more about one of our many members and help foster more connections in our community. For anyone tuning in for the first time, Radius Cowork is a co-working space located on the ninth floor of the Renaissance building in downtown Erie, PA. We're passionate about Erie's downtown revitalization and contribute by providing freelancers, remote workers, and small businesses with better services, facilities, and community to get work done. Learn more about us at radiusco.work. With me today is Eva Thomas. Eva is the director of the Lake Effect Leaders AmeriCorps VISTA project, aiming to build the capacity of nonprofits, government agencies, schools, and projects to alleviate poverty. She got her bachelor's from Mercyhurst in 2016 in social work and served as an AmeriCorps VISTA with the Lake Effect Leaders for two years after that. Then she went on to get her master's degree from Baylor University in social work with a concentration in community practice. Today, her work with AmeriCorps VISTAs focuses on capacity building or bringing in otherwise unavailable resources to the organizations that they serve. Eva, good to have you on the show.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
0: So you've been in Radius for like a year now. How did you find this place initially?
1: Yeah, so I knew that Lake Effect Leaders had a membership with Radius and so the previous director connected me with Amanda Duncan the the one and only and yeah I met with her and she just told me about Radius and I said sign me up so
0: sweet yeah. and so you guys use this for your communal like weekly or bi-weekly meetings because I can always smell the bagels or whatever it is that you bring in which luckily for us there's always some extras that we can snatch in the cafe
1: Oh, yeah. We provide. Yeah. We do professional development workshops for our VISTA members um, to, you know, help them be leaders in the community and and grow their skills. And so Radius is perfect for that. And we we always use the conference rooms and everything. So it's perfect.
0: So you've been doing social work or like socially focused work your whole life basically. What drew you to that initially? Does it run in the family or is it something that you've just always had a passion for?
1: It kind of started when I was younger. I was a part of a youth group through a church uh, where I grew up and we would go on mission trips around the country. And those just made such an impact on me. And um, I just remember talking to my mom and when I was starting to look at colleges and say, I have no idea what I want to do. I said, I just want to help people. And I think all the social workers are going to laugh because if you ask any social worker why they're doing what they do, they want to help people. But uh, I said, I just want to help people. And she said, well, why not go into social work? I didn't even know it existed. But um, just saying that and having that conversation with my mom, I looked into it and I was like, this sounds perfect. So I went through college. Still not really knowing what I wanted to do, but it still felt right. I was like, This is this is where I should be. I just didn't know what I was gonna focus in on yet. But
0: it sounds like you found something that was fulfilling earlier on and you were like, oh, I don't wanna go work at a corporate, crazy, money driven, yep. hungry place. You're like, no I no wanna do something that empowers people. So right after your first or right after your Mercier's time, is that when you like first joined Vistas?
1: Yeah. So I graduated uh, with my bachelor's from Mercyhurst. And um, again, I still was graduating and people were going into, you know, geriatrics or counseling or whatever. And I just, I didn't know. Uh, it's such a broad field. And so uh, a staff member at Mercyhurst just said, hey, have you thought of serving with AmeriCorps? And again, I looked into it and I said, this sounds great. It's kind of a gap year, you know, before going into the workforce or uh pursuing graduate school and so yeah signed up and yeah.
0: So tell me really quick, uh, what is AmeriCorps exactly, and then the Vista project is like a piece of AmeriCorps.
1: Yeah. So AmeriCorps is a national service program. It was derived from the Peace Corps. So a lot of times people are more familiar with Peace Corps. Um, it's more it's global, but AmeriCorps is, is the domestic version. So it's the same anti-poverty mission, and Vista is the branch is a branch of it, and it focuses on indirect service versus the other branches that are more. You know, frontline, hands-on kind of direct service.
0: So I'm wondering, besides your your experience in youth group and seeing how meaningful work like that made you feel and made others' lives better, is there an experience in life that's shaped your thinking today or that's created the uh, maybe the mission that you that you have today?
1: Um, yeah. So it's kind of like a snowball effect, right? Like everything in life just kind of ends up impacting everything in a way but uh vista was a huge thing that shaped me but one thing that was part of it that was kind of unrelated to my vista project actually but um we were doing a book club with all of our VISTA members and, you know, it was a book related to poverty and it ended up being Just Mercy by Bryan Stevenson. And it just so happened that while we were reading that book, he was coming to Mercyhurst to speak. And so that was really exciting that we got to simultaneously see him live and be reading his book. And that absolutely just changed the trajectory of my life. It's what made me so passionate about, Prison work and reform and reentry. And it's what made me want to pursue my master's uh, in social work and community practice because I kind of wanted to go that route.
0: So, is a master's in a, does that just like dive in a lot more nuanced into the work or like how did that differ, differ from your first degree?
1: Yeah, it, it was interesting to go into the concentration of community practice because a lot of times when people think of social work, they think of that direct service that's the counseling or whatever it is. Um, but I was just really interested in – I never felt called to that type of work. So I – once I learned about the macro level type of work, I just felt really called to that. And so – the master's degree just kind of dove into that. What does macro level social work look like and that kind of thing. So that was really cool.
0: You mentioned re-entry. That's like somebody that goes to prison and then they come back into society. And maybe if it's only been for a short period of time, it's no problem. But if it's been like 10 years or something, it's got to be a really difficult thing to navigate. So is that something that is generally overlooked? Is that something that needs to be like addressed more? Like what are your, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, Liam, you're just, you're opening a door and I'm coming in, but um, you might need to stop me. So um, it's totally overlooked. And that's why I couldn't believe when I was reading Just Mercy that this was pretty much my introduction to it. I mean, it's such an issue. I mean, America is the number one country with the highest incarceration rates. We love putting people in jail. We love it. We love it. (laughs) And it's horrible. And so um, there's so many layers to it. So there's prison and we need to work on reform because it's just not doing what they're, you know, saying, quotes, that it should do. Um, There should be a rehabilitation factor to it. But anyways. um, I think
0: there's a – sorry to interrupt. But I think there's, like, a country in Europe, probably, like, Sweden or something like that where – people go to when they go to prison they don't they just have to like take courses and they have to like kind of take a a whole approach to just like bettering themselves and doing all sorts of stuff which i'm sure can be really really powerful and of course like we can't get into the economics of bigger and smaller countries and all that kind of stuff but it's a really cool idea
1: 100% and that's it's true yeah there's other countries that pretty much know how to do it and we're just not taking from it, but um, and we should, so there's that portion of it, and then there's the portion of it, um, our recidivism rates are super high. So, recidivism is when um, someone is released from prison and then they go back, go back. and more than half of individuals who are released from prison go back within three years, more than half, like. we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? Like, that's such a high number. And so it's just, yeah, it's just horrible.
0: (laughs) Wow. It seems like such a colossal problem to tackle, too. Like, how do you change an entire system that's been doing it this way for so long?
1: Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, with my master's program, my internship was through a ranchry program, is Climate Changers in Erie. And, um, we focused a lot on reentry services and part of that was actually going into the prisons and doing classes, you know, transition classes like this is what it's going to be like on the outside. This is kind of like what you have to do. Here's your resources. And then the other side of it is once they're out, how can we help them get connected to those resources because that's one of the biggest barriers is is that. And, you know, of course, I think the biggest thing is the stigma around it is, you know, once you're in jail, that's it. You're labeled like that for life. And that can impact so many things like housing and employment. Um, But also just knowing what resources are out there for you, what places will hire you if you have a criminal background, what um, landlords will rent to you if you have a criminal background. So,
0: yeah, like laying out the roadmap for people in that situation to help them find the easiest path to reentry and doing it successfully and getting on their feet. Right. Yeah, exactly. So is a lot of this work done volunteer generally or is there a good bit of of money being put into it, do you think? Or do you know?
1: No, I really think that that's part of what Erie needs, Mm -hmm. especially is those type of rancher programs. I mean, um, that's just super lacking. And I know there are some programs in Erie that do do that important work. I just think we need a little bit more of it. For sure. Yeah.
0: There's a, I, I remember seeing this uh, restaurant, I think it's in Cleveland, that only employs people that come out of prison and teach them fine dining and culinary skills and chefing. And I don't think chefing is a it. word, but you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. I love that. It's really cool. A quote that you brought up when we were talking before the interview was uh, You are more than the worst thing you've ever done. So where did you hear that? And how does that? influence your life or your thinking or how do you think people can can benefit from that quote
1: Yeah so that's a quote from the one and only Brian Stevenson who I didn't mention this earlier but he's for those who don't know a lawyer from Alabama who started uh the Equal Justice Initiative which is an organization that helps those that are incarcerated the the poor and the the wrongly condemned and he's worked with inmates on death row and, and that kind of thing. So so yeah, he said that. He says, each of us is more than the worst thing we've ever done. And that just really shifted my mindset because that sentence alone has so much grace in it. And can you imagine if people were just always coming at you because of the, the one thing, thing you did? Yeah, like the the biggest mistake you made or the yeah worst thing you did, whatever that looks like. Can you imagine that's just always being used against you? It's just not fair.
0: And I think too, a lot of people... Excluding maybe the extreme outliers, right? They need to go through that worst thing in order to grow and, and learn and see themselves objectively and, and get better, right? It's kind of like you have to hit the rock bottom to grow or you have to, you know, go through that experience. Exactly. Um, and I, th- I also heard a really good thing. I forget what it's from, but it's like, you know, good people do bad things and bad people do good things. Mm.
1: Like,
0: you know, mm-hmm. it is, the world isn't so black and white and definitely noticing that can be very, I think comforting, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So maybe some rapid fire questions here before we wrap up. If you could send a text to everybody on Earth and they would read it, <laughs> what would you say?
1: I would say, give the people you love their flowers while they're still around. I think we just. Am I? Is this rapid answers as well, or can I? You can I'll get whatever. into it if you want. <laughs> no, I just. I just think that people. We don't say I love you enough. We don't, we just don't like appreciate the people in our lives while they're around enough.
0: Absolutely. All right, next question. What purchase of less than $100 has impacted your life the most?
1: My two kitties. (laughs) I rescued them. So it was less than 100. But they are just my entire life. They're just my whole heart. My two kitties, Zoe and Rudy. Shout out.
0: (laughs) that's sweet so in the last five years what new belief behavior or habit has most improved your life
1: okay bear with me (laughs) you've got, you've got time go for it so nothing matters and not in the negative like nihilistic way but in it's just it's comforting to me to think that we're all in the same boat we all want the same basic things at the end of the day what's truly gonna matter you know what I mean and I think that kind of forms from my biggest pet peeve is when people are super fussy about things for just no reason because I'm like is this gonna matter to you in 24 hours in five minutes you know what I mean like why, why are we fussing and of course I have my bad days I have my moments but it's just at the end of the day like nothing matters you know, it's kind it's, of like in everything, yeah. everywhere, all at once. It's very vibe. stoic,
0: very stoic idea. There's a there's a stoic meditation practice where the person will visualize themselves, kind of from a bird's eye view, sitting, you know, whatever, doing their thing, and then you start zooming out slowly. So you go from sitting, seeing yourself, to seeing yourself in the room you're in, to the building, to the square block to the city to the country to the earth to the solar system universe just keep going out from there and it's the point is to really show yourself how tiny and how much of a speck we are literally and how quick our existence is and that's for a lot of people might go oh that's terrifying but it's kind of sweet because then you realize oh why am i gonna let this parking ticket ruin my morning. <laughs> like, totally.
1: why? What's the point? You exactly. Know? We're on a floating rock at the end of the day. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, we just got to kind of... <laughs> it's super <laughs> yeah. true.
0: That's, all right. So last one. What do most people not know about you?
1: Okay. I had to think about this one for a while, but I think that it shocks people that I'm sneaky competitive. <laughs> I... <laughs> that
0: would... That does surprise me. I know, I, I, right? You don't seem competitive No, to
1: me. I don't have like the usual personality for that but and it's so funny too because it's actually hard for me to watch sports because i feel so bad for the losing team like my <laughs> empathy is just way too high like when it shows the losing team i just like want to cry so it's hard for me to watch <laughs> but if i'm playing oh it's it's game up. like i'm mm. i'm winning i you hear know? that but i'm on the low about it
0: in uh in high school i was probably in the bottom quartile of the athleticism in my gym class, but I was in the top competitiveness. So so it was a really funny thing to watch for sure. Um, So where can people find you, learn more about you, learn more about your work at AmeriCorps, all that good stuff?
1: So our Lake Effect Leaders uh, has a Facebook page and an Instagram. I think it's literally just at Lake Effect Leaders for Instagram and Like Effect Leaders of AmeriCorps Vista for Facebook. Check out our page. Check out what we're doing in the community. And yeah.
0: Sweet. I will put that in the – I'll link that in the description of the show so people can click it easily. But Eva, you're always a very amazing, radiant presence here. Thank you for coming and gracing us with yourself. And uh, I look forward to more discussions about all this stuff.
1: That is very nice. Thank you so much for having me.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Radius Coffee Talk. To learn more about the space, facilities, and community, or to schedule a tour to see it for yourself, please visit radiusco.org.